0: Chevy. welcome to episode two of Cue the Duck Boats podcast. It's great to see your face again, buddy, and be back on here.
1: Oh, you know, Jake, it's always good to see you. A long time friend. Always great to be back on the podcast, getting things going another week. Getting episode two started, and, you know. How was work good. today, Kev? Work was good. Busy? Slow as usual. We're yeah. in the off season now, so... Yeah.
0: Exactly. All right, let's get into let's get into a little flashback to last week. So last week we gave you guys three bets at the end of the podcast and all three of them won. So I like to be a little modest, but I think we're going to start off a little cocky. Our first bet we gave you was a three-team parlay. It was actually Kev's bet. It was a hockey bet. What was that from Friday night, Kev?
1: Uh, Friday night we had Panthers, Hurricanes, and Capitals parlayed and they all all three of them won. So with he- a little Little extra action OT for the Panthers. So, hope everyone had the OT included on their bet. But
0: yeah, I don't ever take hockey without the OT included ever. Like, I don't even, I never do that. It's, I always have full, full time on all my bets for hockey because so many games go to OT. Yeah, that was a big win that would have put you up a couple units. Our second bet was Saturday night, the Bruins game that I was at. We're definitely going to talk a lot more about that one. But again, the Bruins on the money line against the Florida Panthers, and they pulled out the win, giving in a shootout, but still gave the Panthers their first loss of the season, even if it was an OTL. And then our final bet, which was our biggest payout by far. Oh, uh, I see was, your bet. yeah. Um, Kevin and I both, we, you know, we're never going to talk about dollar amounts, but we did really well on, um, did really well in that last one, our football bet. It was a parlay of the Tennessee Titans and the Dallas Cowboys both on the money line for Sunday and Sunday night game. And Cooper Rush took us down to the wire, but he got us that win. I think we both had it a little over four fit plus four fifty. So that was a huge win. And um, I gotta say, it was about seven fifty at night on Sunday. I had just gotten back from trick-or-treating with my fiance's family, and um we saw that Cooper rush was starting. And I think both Kevin and I, even my fiance's, cause she was excited. She was excited for the bet. um, That Dak wasn't playing. And it was, we were like, Oh no, my heart kind of sank. And I thought for sure that was going to lose. And then I started to get confident. I was like, Cooper rush can do this. You know, he's only thrown three passes in his whole career, but he can do this. I started like looking up his college stats and things like that. I was just trying to give myself some sort of like string to pull on. And I mean, he came out, he did exactly what we needed him to do. And we got the win. How about, I mean, like, how about Zeke? How about Zeke, though?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zeke showed up when Zeke needed to show up. Break, like, splitting those defenders, breaking the tackle, getting down to the five. I was like, I've never loved Ze- Ezekiel Elliott so much. Like, bring out the spoon, baby. Bring out the spoon. Yeah, I was,
0: I was pretty hyped for that. He was a little quiet all game, too, and that was just huge. But I guess we'll transition out of that, and we'll get into, um, get into like one of your sports, really. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves on winning the World Series. We would have loved to see the Sox do it, but we were definitely rooting for Atlanta because, you know, there wasn't a chance in hell we are rooting for the Houston Cheating
1: Astros. Oh, yeah, no, I was just glad because that whole team, what they went through all season with the injuries to the whole outfield, the Kuna and everything, and then in game one, losing Charlie Moore in your best pitchers, definitely touched um tough and then the base though Freddie Freeman he's been there for 12 years drafted by the team the heart and soul and the finally in his contract year may have been his last game ever in Atlanta to bring home the World Series to them that was just huge you love to see that
0: yeah I mean i I can't even lie I'm a fair-weather baseball fan so I didn't watch once the Red sox were out i didn't I didn't watch I'm um I watch every football every hockey game but I don't I don't watch a lot of baseball unless it's late in the year in the socks, unless I'm going and I watch almost zero basketball. So you'll have to rely on Kevin for all that, but, uh, get into, you know, our main sport here, one of our two main pillars, the NHL, and we'll jump right into Bruins talk to get started. How do you feel about the Bruins last, last game since we last recorded? The one on Saturday, how do you feel about it? I mean, obviously the we recorded before the game against Carolina, we didn't love that. I can just be honest. We didn't love it. The effort was flat um, and I just we weren't scoring goals. But let's just jump right to the game we actually had some good in, right? Let's talk about Saturday's game against the Panthers. Yeah,
1: that, that was a great game. You love to see the second line got going again. Charlie Coyle, Taylor Hall with two assists. That was definitely big. If he's not scoring, he's doing something. So, and then your boy Chucky Brightlight's coming on there. So, I know you love him. So, watching him score in person must have been a – Big treat for you,
0: yeah, it was awesome. I right from the start, I mean, i I thought Coyle had a great game. He was just flying around. I liked the look of that second line. I actually really liked when they dropped pasta down. I thought they worked really well together. the pasta haul and coil line. I really liked them all together. Um, Coyle just, he had something different about him. Um, one fun fact, Coyle was actually the poster boy for the Bruins for that night. You know, before every game, they give you the, the lineups with the poster. It was actually Coyle. So I said to my dad when we're walking in, I was like, I think we're going to have a big game for Coyle. And we did. That shot was so nasty. I was sitting right behind the net. So I just saw it and it was just bar down. I was like, ooh, it was sick watching that one go in. It was a great delay by Hall too, just to feed it over to him and him to put it away. But it was weird. The garden was dead on Saturday night. It was as quiet as I've ever heard it the crowd was so much different than normal it was so less raucous it, it was such a weird environment i like i don't know if it's cuz i was humble brag in the loge. <laughs> like still it was <laughs> I'm, I'm normally a balcony guy but it was just it was so much quieter than normal i was like it was it was weird but um it once it was quiet until until Chucky got that goal. When Charlie McAvoy came in on the power play, cut that pass, put it in the garden, got rocking. Everyone got on their feet, and then you know we stood and we yelled and screamed and had a great time for the remaining whatever three minutes of the game into overtime and then into the shootout. But it, the biggest thing for me in that game was to see the Bruins actually respond, play well against a good team, and remember that we're good and we can win games. And even though overtime was. Whew, I didn't love our play in overtime. Um, I thought Mike Riley looked a little bit out of place in overtime. He made some weird plays. Didn't I didn't love his coverage either. There's a couple times, like, when you're there, you can kind of see different things, where Pasta was communicating to him to, like, get on his guy. And same thing with DeBrusque. They were, like, looking at him, like, what are you doing? Like, get your guy. And so that I, that I didn't love to see. But either way, I was happy the Bruins got the win, and I'm happy. We took down the Panthers. I was a little worried there for a bit.
1: Yeah, it was definitely to see uh, what Olmark could do yeah. in a shootout. Like Ooh. three solid saves to really keep us alive and secure the win. But just to know, like have that confidence, knowing if it does come time come down to it that hey, he's gonna make the plays that we, we paid him all that money to make. Thing
0: with Olmark, he's six four. So he's a big boy. And like you could tell in the shootout. He takes up a lot of the net and he can make himself long, which you know, I'm not, not that Tuca was small, but but Olmark is a big boy and he really did get out there and make the saves. I really felt confident after the first one. I was like, wow, I was like, he can really, really stretch himself out and make these stops. So that was good. It was all good to see. I was happy with that. Um, and then it's just the biggest thing that sucks is like, and I think Bruce has now brought it up like three or four times. So obviously would say it's annoying him too. The early season schedule for the Bruins has been terrible. I feel like we're waiting forever for in between games. It's like, come on. Some, some of these teams have played three, four more games that we have. It's at some point, at some point, it's going to catch up with us. And that's the problem. It's they're going to be playing every other night and the team's going to get tired. But on the back end of it, the Bruins are a little banged up right now. Smith's playing through injury. Felino's hurt. So, like, I guess it helps us in the long run. Just, I'd like to see more games early on just to
1: get everyone going and get them gelled. Exactly. You have a game on Saturday and then you're waiting until Thursday. So it's like, yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: It's like, come on. When do they play again after Thursday? Saturday, right? I believe so. So that's every other day. Then it went after Saturday. I look it up right now. But it's just like it just it gets me where it's like, come on, we need to like get some sort of motion going and things like that. I saw that the lines are all back intact now. You have pasta back to the first line, which I don't know. Like I I really didn't have a problem with pasta being on that second line. If he's not gonna score goals in the first line, we might as well try to move things around. But yeah, so they play tomorrow, Thursday, and then so then they're playing Saturday, Tuesday. Thursday, Saturday. So I guess things do pick up from here out, thankfully. But it's like, God, I'm just so sick of waiting for games, I feel like. But we can get off the Bruins now, and let's get into the biggest news around the league. Um, well, I guess we'll do we'll do this first. First thing, I know we didn't really touch on it much last week, but everything going on with the Chicago Blackhawks, it sucks. I mean, I think Kevin and I both can disagree and say it sucks. What How the Blackhawks handled the whole situation with Kyle Beach is pathetic. And Kevin played football his whole life and I played hockey and obviously things like that are never acceptable in a locker room and a locker room's a family type atmosphere so that should never happen and I think it was great to see Carlo talk about how the Bruins handle it how they sat down as a whole team with Bruce and with Bergie, and they kind of just they watched the video Kyle Beach and they took it all in I think from puck lines pod we're just going to say that that was pathetic um on the Blackhawks and that's all we want to say about it but the other big news in the NHL, right? Jack Eichel. Hearing that Jack Eichel could be on the move any day now, and we're hearing a lot of teams involved going, going. First, it was going to be Vegas. Then I heard Anaheim back to Vegas. Now, Kev, tell me about what you've been hearing now today, about the Calgary Flames. What's the offer? Oh,
1: so, Calgary's really emerged today. Um, let me pull that up. Yeah, so NHL insider Kevin Weeks revealed today that uh, the Flames have offered Matthew to Chuck an upcoming first-round pick, another first-round pick, and two prospects.
0: Yeah, I think that it was a former first-round pick for the second one, right? Yeah, yeah, it was was a first-round pick, a former. If that former first-round pick is Connor Zari, that trade would be so good for Buffalo. They should have done it yesterday. That is such a good trade for Buffalo. And you know what? Calgary gets, gets a guy who could quickly go in there and change things around. Eichel is a lot better than Matthew to but don't get me wrong. I'm a big Matthew to fan. I think that Zari to another first round pick prospects, a second round pick, whatever they're getting over in Buffalo will help them in the long run. And Buffalo started out just fine. Buffalo is okay right now. So why not try to make that trade? Really? If, if you're getting a player who can help you now, you're only going to get better. Do I think to is going to want to play in Buffalo long-term though? No, no, no shot. That's the thing. And they have to know that. So that's where it kind of gets me because, like, I don't think Matthew Tetruck's kind of player is going to just be quiet about it either. So if he doesn't want to be there, I don't know if it'll be a problem. And I, that has to be in the back of their heads, right? But, I mean, you have Buffalo's played nine games. They have 11 points. They're tied for second in the division. They're not doing that bad. They're 5-3-1. and one. You got to kind of give them a chance, see where it goes. They have young talent on that team. A guy like Tetruck could really be huge for them.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely a big method to Chuck fan. Got him on my fantasy team. Oh, so shout he's saying, out the fantasy team. Got, got to shout out the fantasy team. You no, know, I am 3-0 and uh, in the highest scoring team. I'm 2-1. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely, like you said, when you, like, situation of not knowing if, like, one of the star players of your deal, if he doesn't want to sign long-term, it's definitely opens uh, open up your eyes and makes you think, should we pull the trigger? Because that's what we were talking about earlier. Is also, there's a lot of pressure on Buffalo to get the deal done today. Like, yeah. Get it done sooner than later. But then, if you have that question mark with Chuck because a guy that could be, could be a team captain. Oh, so- no, without
0: a doubt. I mean, I think Chuck's a leader. He's a guy that I would love to have <laughs> in the Bruins. You know what I mean? I am I would like to have Eichel or Chuck in the Bruins. I, I'm a big Matthew Chuck fan, as I've said, I think five times already since we talked about him. But, yeah, if he's not going to want to sign there, then does that change the way you look at it? And I, I do agree. I think that the black I think sorry, the Blackhawks, I think the Sabres are getting some external pressure. I think some of the big wigs at Team USA, they're they have to be pushing. They want Jack for the Olympics. Who wouldn't? Our whole country wants Jack for the Olympics. And Buffalo is holding him hostage. They're not letting him get surgery. They're not letting him d- do his regular human right of getting surgery he wants. So I mean, yeah, I think everyone's pushing them to get the deal done so Jack can get healthy and we can have one of the top five American players back on the ice it's bad for the game Jack Eichel not playing it's as simple as that it's bad for kids in the United States to see that there's an NHL player who can't get the surgery he wants and can't play hockey it's that simple I mean he was the captain of their team and this is how they're treating him and if you listen to previous interviews with Eichel he did nothing but say good things about Buffalo he went on Chicklets shout out Chicklets so many times and just you know it wasn't an asshole when they obviously make jokes and stuff about Buffalo. And he just acted like he's the captain there. He's happy to be there. And I think he just hit his breaking point where they won't let him get the surgery he wants. So he doesn't have to get five more throughout his life. It's like, come on. Like he's a human. Let's just let him get what he wants for surgery and get back on the ice. so We can represent our country. I think there's a lot of pressure there. You know, I really do. You know, and then the next thing we got to look at is kind of like, around our division how do you feel about the rest of our division right now it's weird I mean the Leafs had a slow start but they're starting they're starting to win some games now so I know I wrote on our sheet the Maple Leafs but it's like if Matthew starts to heat up and so does Marner they're gonna just they're gonna be good again so they're 5-4-1 they've played more games than everyone else but they're kind of they're starting to move up they have more points than we do right I guess they've played three more games so not for long but how do you feel about the Leafs
1: yeah, definitely. Like you said with Marner and Matthews, they both scoring. Was it yesterday? They both started to get the scoring going. So you see that goal
0: that Marner scored? Yeah. It was sick. I was like, that's Beautiful. the Mitch Marner that I remember. It was so weird seeing him play so off and like not be able to make elite plays. I think it's all confidence based. I really do. And like once they get moving, I think a confident leaves team is a scary team, as much as I make jokes about them. They are
1: scary, right. and then with Tavares going too, which is they're they're yeah. deep. They have those top guys, so if they all like they're all gelling and firing the same time. It's definitely scary. It's just yeah, your goal your goaltending can suck, but if you're scoring five six goals a game, it's definitely tough to keep up with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I I mean they did just sign Morgan Riley for what was it seven years seven point five million? Is that what the deal was? I think it was seven or six years seven point five million could have been eight, but either way it was 7.5 million problem with the Leafs. That is does Riley deserve that money? Yeah, he definitely does. But it's like, who, how are you going to have a bottom six of your roster? The Leafs bottom six in two years, even next year is going to be like a college team. I don't even know how they're going to roll out a team they're relying on being so top heavy that they can just blow people out with two lines. Or I think they might in the back of their heads be thinking they might be moving one of the big dogs. They might be, fully thinking they might be moving a marner this year or moving a nylander moving one of them to free some cap space because there's just no other way you can't there's a salary cap for a reason in this league and it's to prevent teams from being overpowered if there was no salary cap a team like toronto in that huge canadian market would just dominate everyone which is a reason you can't do that so i i don't know but things are gonna get bad for them it really is and i don't I think they're just in such a Dubas is and such a, I got to win a round of the playoffs or I'm going to lose my job mode that he's not thinking about the future at all. And that just isn't going to work in Toronto.
1: Yeah. And then another team in our division is Tampa. They're heating up after kind of a weird start for them. Yeah. But those last three games is just two of them scoring five goals and then beating Washington yesterday. Definitely yeah, a big boost for them.
0: Yeah, agreed. I mean, losing Kucherov hurts. Obviously, I think I, I saw he's going to be out eight to ten weeks, which is a while. But he'll be back. They can only they they can't use their little long term IR cheat for so long because he's coming back. <laughs> so they can't just go sign a bunch of people, you know. But um, fun fact about that: everyone bitches about Tampa and the long term IR. They're one of the organizations that in the um, the owners meetings voted against that. They didn't want that to be a thing. And all they're doing is using the loophole that the NHL set in the CBA. So they all voted on that and they agreed on it. So you really can't blame Tampa for taking advantage of something that's in the rules. The only other team really from our Atlantic division that i am kind of given that negative look towards is the Canadians. The Canadians have been rough, like straight up rough. They are three and eight after that Stanley cup hangover A little much, I guess, you know, we can, Attested to carry Price not being there And obviously good for carry Getting whatever he needs done done, And, you know, getting right I'm sure he'll be a beast when he comes back If he does But I thought that Cole Caulfield Was going to come out and run away With the Calder Trophy And now we're watching him get sent down to the AHL It's that team is just in absolute shambles And they obviously realize it Because if they're sending down a guy Like Cole Caulfield after 11 games It's because they don't want him In the losing negative environment Not that they don't think he can turn it around And help them, you know?
1: how do you feel about yeah, yeah young player you don't want him getting in his head and then he's getting down on himself and then just starts trying to tweak his game to the way you don't want it just want to keep playing the hockey he knows
0: yeah exactly i mean other than that is there any other teams you want to bring up here this that you've noticed over the last week doing anything great i mean the hurricanes are eight. no the hurricanes are doing great they're a scary team they really are to me i I never once worried about the hurricanes, but after watching the way they play, they now they're now heavier than we are, which is weird. They played a heavier game than we did. That's we used to run them out of the building. It's crazy how these teams like Florida and the hurricanes have caught up to us so quick. It's like, it just shows that like we need some of our young guys to start to step up because we can't just rely on the the perfection line forever because it's not how things work. Yeah.
1: That's why I'm excited for this Saturday. You have, hurricanes versus panthers in florida yeah
0: that'll be a good game definitely gonna be a good yeah i'll be watching that on espn plus
1: for sure that'll be a good game oh that's one thing i love about having esp espn plus man it's going to hulu yeah and all the games are right there
0: everything yeah it really is yeah it's you you have hulu yeah is it all on there just like it is on espn you can just go to all the
1: games Yep, it's just all it on under live, and it's all right there.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Title. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize if it was all on there, if it was just just the live games on Hulu and everything else on ESPN Plus. But yeah, definitely. I mean, that's it's a great thing to take advantage of. NHL TV used to be a lot more expensive than ESPN Plus is. It's like four ninety nine a month, and you can get all the hockey games. So it's definitely a pretty good deal. But I think that kind of wraps up our hockey talk today. Let's get into some football, Kev. The New England Patriots came out and had a big statement win on Halloween Sunday, a big statement win over the Chargers. Let's talk about it. How did you feel about that game?
1: Oh, my God. I was so relieved to get the W. It was just – it was a good team win all around. It was offense, defense, Gunnar Ocheski on special teams with his punch returns, always getting us in good field position. But, once again, I have to say it's, we finally have a healthy, healthier – O-line. David Andrews played every snap this year. He anchors it, and it was just definitely for Mac Jones' confidence to know, like, hey, I'm not going to get hit every time, and 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 his pocket presence and awareness is finally starting to develop, where he's not just, okay, I'm going to hold it, hold it. It's just he's starting to slide around a little, look downfield, keep his eyes downfield, and make the plays, and then it's opening up the ground game. Damien Harris, I think he's a touchdown in like five or six straight games now. He's just – he's finding the end zone. He's finding his groove. And they're making the plays. Like, the big thing was when they responded after the quick touchdown by the Chargers to start the game. That was just big. Cause they had that one big play to Keenan Allen. And then yeah, right to start Art- they had that deep pass to Keenan. Right, and then we came back and had a 44-yard or two on Nelson Aguilar. And Macdonald's like, oh, you can do that, I can do that too. And then it's just takes ability to play in young quarterbacks. Last year, we beat the Chargers 45-0, completely shut down Justin Herbert. And before the game, they were showing the style where Herbert is 6-0 and against teams the second time around. So which kind of had me worried? I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. When yeah, he's, he's a back beast. In,
0: he's a beast. I mean, when he was back he really in is. Oregon,
1: I picked him up last year. Saved my fantasy team. He did. Brought, me, you. brought me to, to the two, ship. Brought me to two championships. You know, lost. I lose, lost both yeah, of them. He lost. But I'll take second place. First place loser, and hey, it hurts. <laughs> but you know, you still win some money. Exactly. But yeah, just Justin Herbert. He's a special player. He's competitive. And he's a grinder And for Belichick and that defense To come up with a way to stop him And still allow big plays here and there Because Austin Eckler like, um, Yeah, he
0: gave him some big plays I mean, Eckler had 64 yards Exactly, but what it
1: mattered That they defense, them. they came up clutch Adrian Phillips, two interceptions That guy is He's really stepped up for that defense Especially without Patrick Chong Him and Kyle Duggar
0: Is he your standout player of the week?
1: Yeah, definitely Adrian Phillips. He was just he was all over the field. Him and Matthew Judon. I think Yeah, I've Judon heard a lot had,
0: of good things about Judon all year, Judon really.
1: Judon is such a beast. Like he was my favorite signing this offseason. Just to be able to steal him away from the Ravens. And just he does it all. And well, his so. coverage, stop the run, pass rushing. He's just so disrupted on that O line. I think he had like 10 QB pressures this week. Which is insane.
0: Yes, a lot of yeah, one and a half digit. sacks too. Yeah, one and a half just... sacks, four tackles, one four solo tackles, one assisted. It's a good game. I mean, that's that's a good game for a player for sure. Yeah. Question for even... you about your team here. Question for you before you yes. keep going. Are you a little worried about the lack of touchdowns, though? You got one touchdown from Harris, then you got another thirteen points out of your kicker.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely just he hit four field goals. Yeah, it's something concerning that we're getting stopped once once we cross that 50, 40, 30 yard line that we're just not able to get into the red zone. And then when we do get into the red zone, if it's not close for Harris to take it in, we're not getting it like poor and that leads me to poor Jacoby Myers. This oh dude my God. is playing his ass off, this had poor a guy. great season. Great season last year. Still has no career touchdown, which is Crazy. Like,
0: How about the one last, not last week, the week before? Oh my God! Where they call it back, I was like, Oh my God! I felt so bad for him.
1: Yeah, I agree. and then it's crazy, and then even seeing like Kenil Harry got moved up to the third wide receiver spot after the Kendrick Bourne fumble shows Belichick doesn't care who you are, how much money he paid, or even how much he hates Keneal Harry.
0: He didn't <laughs> hate him, but
1: it's still it's, hey, it's there. But yeah, so he's like, Oh, you fumbled, doghouse, doghouse. Yeah, One it's thing, all it doesn't,
0: yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter who you, you are.
1: are. No. So, but he let Tom Brady
0: go. (laughs) Doesn't care who you are. I mean, he could have stopped that from happening and he didn't. He doesn't care who you are. He wants what's best, what he thinks is best for the team. We don't need to get in Brady right now. We need a whole episode for that. Let's jump away from the Patriots.
1: I I don't understand why we couldn't get all the weapons we got this year for Brady. Yeah,
0: it's it's tough, right? But Brady, Brady took
1: pay cuts for a reason.
0: Yeah. But no, yeah. here we are. Yeah. We are. You know, but you're four and four. I, actually, a hundred, I think the Patriots are an outside
1: chance. No, no, no. If you gave Brady a Hunter Henry to Johnny Smith.
0: Oh, it would have been huge. Oh, my would God. It would have been huge. No, he would he would have dominated with those guys. I agree. I do think the Patriots are an outside chance in a playoff team. I, I'm not counting them out yet. I'm really not, especially not at four and four. But let's get away from the Patriots. Let's talk about one thing. Last week, I gave you two players who I thought were poised to have good weeks in fantasy football. Do you remember who they were? If you don't, it's okay. I do.
1: Wasn't it Keenan Allen?
0: It was Keenan Allen and Michael Carter. Keenan Allen came (laughs) out. He had 77 yards and a touchdown in my lineup. Great move. Over 20 points. Michael Carter, who I had on my bench, had, I think it was, 32 points in our league, and I put him on my bench after telling you he was a player to start. 15 rushes, 77 yards, a rushing TD, 14 targets, 9 receptions, 95 yards. Is he now a number one running back, Kev?
1: Oh, I would like to see him do it against India Reb, this week. Right? Yeah, do it again this week. So you have Definitely to look that, though. That whole game is crazy, dude. I know, let White, me give you his last four weeks, yards. though.
0: I know, I agree, but listen to his last four weeks 10 points against Tennessee, 15 fantasy points against Atlanta, 16 against New England, 32 against Cincy. At some point, this guy's legit. He's playing in my lineup this week, especially now that Barkley's on the COVID list. Giants play Saquon Barkley on COVID reserve list.
1: That's uh, him and Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yep. So hopefully, I know that his second test, oh, 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 sources are told Barkley's second test was positive, contradicting our previous report that said it wasn't. So that's bad for me, so I'll have to figure that out, but we don't need to talk about my fantasy team and my blues with that. That'll take, we don't have enough time in the day for that.
1: Who are my players?
0: Who are your players? I don't remember at all.
1: Oh, I think one of them was Fortnite. He had his really worst game of the year. Yeah, so maybe we don't well, follow you for fantasy advice. Dude, I have a better record than you.
0: I know you do. We'll be and, I'm getting,
1: and I'm getting Christian McCaffrey back, hopefully. Hopefully he's coming back from that hammy injury.
0: Yeah. So before we get into more football talk, I just want to remind you guys that We are presented by InsideTheRink.com. I want you to follow InsideTheRink on Twitter. You can follow InsideTheRink.com on Instagram and check out all of our articles, everything that's on that website. Both Kevin and I are thinking about getting some articles on that website soon. So you'll be able to read things from us, but also read them from everyone else and take in all the other content, all the other content that's out there it's definitely a great follow on twitter and they have a sponsor and their sponsor is fanatics so you can go right on that website there inside the rink.com. you can click the banner at the top to get all of your favorite licensed sports gear and be on the lookout because kevin and i are going to be getting our own fanatics code to tweet out very soon from our twitter account at q the duck with a z and you can click on that it'll help us out it'll help out the website and pretty much everyone involved with the production of our podcast and uh, helping us get some kickbacks here for all the um, great work we give out to you guys and you'll get things in return, by buying things off fanatics, which is all great licensed gear, but let's jump back into football. Let's talk about two major last news points in the football world. We'll start with a sad one here. Derek Henry out with a foot injury out for the rest of the year. How do you feel about that?
1: That's something tough. Like especially, it was his ankle, he had ankle surgery. I think he had it yesterday. He went and got it. It's just the year he was having that man. It's just rumbles. He's, he's a grown man. He, he just a grown, rumbles. Grown man. He like, rumbles down the field. Oh man! But also just shows that even a guy like Henry, I thinks is indestructible, he's not. And I think it's just all those miles that they put on him. It's just it's, it's it's catching up. Like
0: it reminds me of Demarco Murray in a bit. Do you remember the year like, the Cowboys yeah. just fed Demarco Murray and ran him into the ground? He Dude, never think, was the same. Like He got sure. hurt, and it's so hard. To, your body can't take that. That's why we have Pollard on the Cowboys. That's why. That's why Zeke doesn't just get fed all the time anymore. Because These guys break down. And, I mean, Henry's a beast. He already had 900 rushing yards, right? He was on pace for another 2,000-yard season. He is the best running back in the NFL to me. Pure runner. He's the best. He doesn't have the best hands. He doesn't have the best moves. But best pure runner it's Henry. It sucks to see a guy like that go down, especially – Someone who I think everyone roots for Henry a little bit just because he's such a spectacle to see run. It's like, wow, look at this big man go.
1: Yeah, because it's like in eight games, he has 219 rushes. Running backs do that for a whole season. He's yeah, I know. <laughs> no, like, they just feed insane. him the rock.
0: That's why I guess we'll give you a little thing here. If you, if AP is still around and you're waiver wire for fantasy football, pick up Adrian Peterson. Give him two weeks. That guy will be rumbling downfield. It won't be like Henry, but they have a good line, a Taylor Luan led, led line, and he's going to be okay. I think he'll be like an RB3, RB2 once he gets into the mix there. He will beat out Jeremy McNichols. I promise you that.
1: M A P is available in your league, I come join your league? Because obviously people don't know how to play. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, couldn't get, I couldn't get him in three leagues. Like I got him. I got him. But, hey, that's not for here though. there. That's because I don't have as good of a record as you. We'll go into a little bit, um, I guess, sadder news in a way. Um, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs isn't – Henry Ruggs, not his name. That, is it? Henry, Henry, Henry Ruggs, Ruggs. Ruggs. Sorry, I thought, I thought I was messing that up because I was saying Derek Henry. No, Henry, Ruggs, Henry Ruggs the is an idiot. Yeah, um, definitely.
1: First and foremost, like, sympathies go out to the victim's family of the crash it's it's always awful when you lose a life especially in a circumstance like that it could have been completely avoided and just just shows the stupidity and just especially when you see those pictures Mm -hmm. of the crash it's, it's sad it's sad there's no reason you should ever be going 156 let alone when your blood alcohol is 0.161 0. 0.161
0: yeah it's just twice the legal limit that's it's pathetic it's like don't drive drunk number one that's the first biggest thing you know what i mean every time you get behind the wheel and you're under the influence of alcohol you're putting your own life and everyone else in the road's life at risk on top of that going 156 miles an hour is literally insane i hope he goes to jail and i hope he does not ever get back on a football field
1: yeah, it was 123 when the airbags. Deployed. Yeah,
0: it's insane. Like, how like, is he still alive? That's yeah, what I, I, I know it's it's insane. And I think the NFL of all leagues has a track record of letting guys like that back on the field. And I hope he goes to jail for a long time. We don't see him back on the football field. That's the biggest thing because you know, I think it's just tough, especially for the family. Like the family who just lost you know a member of their family due to this guy's idiotic action. Let's Let's not ever let him back on a football field. But that's kind of all I think we'll say on that. It really just something we thought we needed to touch on. Let's jump back into a little bit happier topics, right? Let's look at the um, the divisions in the NFL. KeV, I want you to give me who your four division winners are for the NFL this season at this point.
1: Who my division winner? Well, if I didn't Lou get hurt, I definitely know. would be Titans, who do have the number one seed right now in the whole afc but we'll start in the east it's, it's definitely buffalo like it's not even close with buffalo and new england second because mobs on miami just they suck against year. the jets have a better record than miami <laughs> i'm
0: so confused i thought miami was gonna be good
1: too it's just not the guy it seems and i know and i also think like him knowing that like he's not the guy and i'm not really yeah, back, i know him, it's so
0: it's so weird it's so weird really? to hold Deshaun Watson rumors with them. And when there's that much smoke, you know there's fire. So it's like, what the hell are you doing? Like you have two. Well, why not give them a little confidence? Like, oh, I just yeah, I don't get that, but I agree. AFC's from these bills. How do you feel about yeah. the
1: West? Um, the West. Mm. I I feel like Kansas City is definitely gonna come back out because You can't keep Patrick Mahomes down like that forever. They're going to find a way to, like, fix it. It's not not just all of a sudden the Kansas City sucks. They do suck all of a sudden, but that team's going to find a way. Like, you have Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Mahomes is an out-of-this-world quarterback. So Andy Reid and the boys will definitely find a way to get things going back in Kansas City. I don't think Las Vegas can keep doing what they're doing for – Forever so, and even the Chargers right there. I don't think the Chargers are ready to win the West yet. So definitely Kansas City because that's it's a very close division altogether. You have Denver four and four, Kansas City four and four, Chargers four and three, Vegas five and two. So right now it's anyone's division, but I think Kansas City prevails and they'll uh, definitely take the West.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, but I'm going Chargers. I'm going Chargers uh-huh. for that one. I like the Chargers, like, holistically as a team a little better. So, I think out of the West, I'm going Chargers. How do you feel about the North?
1: The North? I think it's Baltimore. Baltimore in a great spot, coming after bye, getting healthy. They're getting Rashawn Bateman, like, finally. after He played the two weeks, but he still – it was an abdomen injury for the rookie. So, finding his footing, and now he's, now he's back. Two weeks played, then the bye week of the practice. So definitely having a legit number two now definitely gives them Mar more, more confidence. Was that
0: yeah. was that just a dig at me because I dropped them in fantasy? Is that was that did you plan that just to do did you trying to pick them up? Did you already put them oh, in? So you're the one
1: that got me on the Rashad Bateman hype trade.
0: I know, I thought it I know. So did I agreed. And then he just he's just never gonna play on my team. So I just got rid of him. That's what happened there. But I agree. AFC North yeah. Ravens. Yeah, if they have
1: Brown Andrews, even though they have no run game, besides Dude, their running back, they'll be their okay. quarterback, their a quarterbacks, are running back, back. But, they'll be fine. Yeah. How do you feel about the South?
0: I I've, think you still have to go Titans.
1: I don't know if if Indy could turn it around. That's if their only won, threat. I know. I know if like, they yeah, won last week. Really, yeah, I mean, Titans are six and two. Indy's three and five. So technically, Titans still could win it. Yeah, they do have that gap, I think
0: they're so. gonna. I think the Titans are gonna pull away in that division, but I don't know. That's enough about that division. Who really cares? Let's jump to the NFC. NFC East. I'll lead this off. NFC East is gonna be the Cowboys in an absolute Philly. runaway with that division. <laughs> yeah, Philly. No, I'm just you don't. Even, yeah, he doesn't need that. Philly is a mess. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, as even if I wasn't a Cowboys fan, the Cowboys at six and one are gonna win that division as long as Dak is healthy. I mean, but hey. We just went out and we beat a good football team with Cooper Rush. That shows how good the Cowboys really are. That Cowboys defense is no
1: joke. That's all I have to say on that. All I'm going to say is I'm just glad they had an extra game this year so we don't have to see a, someone from the <laughs> NFC East go 8-8 in It's
0: just a disgrace. I, I, just, I thought about the other day. I was like, all right, we just need two more wins and we'll get our we'll get our yearly out of 8. <laughs> I thought about that. But, um, you know, uh, NFC West Oh, NFC West is a good one. I'm gonna pick up my pick first because just in case you take my pick, I'm going with the Rams, especially oh, after man. get yeah, especially after getting Von Miller. The Rams' that defense is so scary, and Matt Stafford's been balling. I it's it's for me, it really is the Rams. I'm not, I don't, I really don't think the Cardinals can can take that division. I think it's gonna be the Rams.
1: Yeah, definitely the Rams too. Just. The connection you're seeing between Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup ridiculous. It's just it's out of this world. Like Cup's gonna break some probably records this year if he keeps up his pace. And yeah. it's Matt Stafford, it's he's a gunslinger. He loves the throw. He, is. he doesn't care. He is. It's he so sad that the...
0: he's been like just stuck in Detroit his whole career. It's like it's sad. Once Megatron left, it's been sad for him. And he has a guy again who can catch a football. So
1: right, that's why Megatron doesn't even like acknowledge Detroit even when he like got into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Detroit, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But, yeah, and then Arizona—they lost JJ Watt, so it definitely hurts on that D line with Chandler Jones. Oh, so for
0: sure. NFC North. I guess this is kind of an easy one. As much as I hate Aaron Rodgers and I hate the Packers because um, they've been in my nightmares as a Cowboys fan many times. I'm gonna go with the Packers. Uh, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers recovers from COVID. Poor guys, COVID. Gotta I actually, you know, I used to hate Rodgers, right? And then he did like so much work with um the Barstool Fund and giving back to small businesses. And then he did that the match um with Brady, the golf thing. And I think Rogers is actually like a cool guy. Like I think Rogers is a guy we get along with. I just I just don't yeah. want to accept that because I hate Look him. Look at his hair, bro. I know. He just like, he seems like hippie like, mode right now. I know. I actually think like Rogers might be a cool guy, but I'm not gonna accept that until he retires or doesn't play for Green Bay, which hey, if if Jordan Love comes out and has some good games here while well, he has COVID, even one good game, you know people will start talking in Green Bay. So
1: they did no, it. The the, Can we talk about that picture of Aaron Rodgers after he got sacked with his oh, helmet my god, It face. was so funny. It was so funny.
0: Oh. It was brutal. That, no, I loved that. Um, let's jump in the last one, NFC South.
1: I'll I, like I mean, off. yeah, it definitely has to be Tampa. Yeah, I said New Orleans would have had a chance, especially after that win. But yeah, they have Trevor Simeon, man. It ain't happening,
0: Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon, when it comes down to it, it's not gonna put on a better yearly performance than Thomas Edward Brady. It's just not gonna happen. So, yeah, Thomas Edward
1: Patrick Brady, bro. Oh, 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 oh. sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. That's you know he's a big Pats fan. (laughs) He just. He, like, has his jersey, Brady's hanging over his bed and stuff. It's awesome. But, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah no, I and then you it heard the, the news today. No Michael Thomas. He's out for the season. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, he's not wow. coming back. He uh, re-injured his ankle, so I'll well, step back and he said, yep, yeah, I'm not even going to try to come back. Shutting it down with the season.
0: Wow, all right. Um, give me your two. Let's just go. Let's go to two, two wild card teams from either side.
1: The wild card teams this year, definitely AFC. I'm going Cincinnati. Yep, big Joe, agreed. big Joe Burrow fan. His connection with Jamar Chase, and the defense is playing better than anyone would have thought. Even though they gave up 40 yards to Mike White, but there's fluke weeks, fluke weeks. So Yo,
0: can't blame about. for that. Who do you have for the NFC? Are you, NFC?
1: C- Are you Cincinnati people. too?
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, 100 Cincinnati. Who do you have for the NFC?
1: NFC, Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Definitely Arizona. Yeah,
0: those those two are kind of – I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, Arizona, L.A.,
1: was. one of those whoever wins the division, whoever yeah, does one, will be it. Agreed.
0: Agreed. All right, I mean, that's pretty much wrapping it up for NFL. The only thing I want to look at is the rookies. Give me um, – who is your favorite rookie on either side of the ball? I, I mean, I'll do mine first. I think on the – defensive side of the ball, as a Cowboys fan, I'm going to go Mika Parsons. If you actually watch a Cowboys game, it's hard to argue it. He's all over the field, and he has been a game changer and a leader as a rookie of that defense, and it's been awesome to see. It really has. Um, I think, you know, 11 in the blue and whites really changed how they look out there. How about you? Who's your defensive rookie of the year right now?
1: Well, mine definitely would be Parsons, just like you said. You can agree. That's fine. Yeah, no, I know. But also, we're talking about, I'm a big Asante Samuel Jr. fan. Was really yeah. hoping the Patriots mm-hmm. were drafting him, but we took, took a a D tackle in the second round. It's a classic Bill Belichick move, but yeah. But yeah, yeah no, like that said, was a miss, huh? The person just insane. And for you guys to get him at, I think it was 11. That was that was a nice steal for you guys.
0: Without a doubt. Do we have to really talk about the offensive rookie of the year, or you just want to say his name on the count of three? One, two, three, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wish I could do that dance he does in the end zone.
0: Yeah, you can't. You're not. You, you ain't built like that, homeboy. But yeah. um,
1: I'm a very large white guy. So
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't make an, those moves. I was an offensive
1: lineman. We didn't really get a chance to dance. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You guys just stuck your hands up and celebrated. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Jamar Chase has been an absolute beast. The uh, him and Burrow connection has. Honestly, change that team. I think there's not. I mean, he's been a game changer at the wide receiver position. So when you when you're a game changer at the wide receiver position, something's going yeah. really good.
1: Especially as a rookie, and yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people that didn't want them to draft the wide receiver either. I know. They go get a tackle. They want them to get uh, Penny Sewell. Sewell,
0: yeah, Sewell, yeah,
1: Sewell. So. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, the GM over there realized smart decision because you can have an O-line, but if you can't throw to anybody, what's the point of having an O-line?
0: There is no point. Exactly. I agree. Um, I mean, that kind of wraps up. Those are early look at football and what's going on. And we're going to keep going every week. And I'm sure our opinions will change a hundred <laughs> times with the weeks. But after last week's hot streak on the bets, let's give a couple more. Kev, what are your hockey bet? What's your hockey bet of the week? Ooh. Where to go? Where to you go? You're
1: gonna find it. What do I do? You have yours on hand?
0: Yeah, I have mine. So my hockey bet of the week is gonna come on Saturday. It is the first matchup between the Bruins and who I feel really is their new age rival, the Toronto Maple Leafs, on Saturday night. And we are gonna go with the Bruins on the money line. I think the Bruins will be the favorite, so we'll be looking at like minus one twenty, minus one ten. It won't be huge. So I mean, I'm definitely going all in on the Bruins with that. I think it's the first time we're really gonna see the big boys get up for a game. I think you're going to see Pasta, Marshy, and Bergeron flying in that one, and I expect the Bruins to win. I, I'll put a 4-2 to two number on it somewhere around there. I'm not comfortable taking the puck line, though, because, you know, those games can get close fast. Um, but, yeah, Bruins on the money line Saturday night is going to be mine, and um, I'll definitely tweet that out for you all. Kev, you got yours now? You still don't have it?
1: I don't know, man. It's something I really, truly like.
0: I, well, you don't, I, have... I mean, if you don't like it, then you don't have to no, have it. No,
1: if one – I feel like what I was going to do would be Saturday taking the under five and a half. No, not even like that. I was going to say the Carolina-Florida. I feel like that's going to be a crazy game too.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd go under on that. I don't know if I'd go over either. It's really like that one might be right in the middle. I mean, I can let me see if I can come up with one more there for for Saturday. There's something
1: I truly love. I mean, I love the Lightning being the Senators. That's definitely a good one, but...
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll lay off anything else for that. So our official play as a team will just be the Bruins on the money line over the um, Bruins money line over the Leafs on Saturday. And they're, you know, they're going to be at Maple Leaf Garden, so they'll have a little bit of pushback there. But I don't know. That ring's quiet this time of year. If Bruins will be out. They'll, they'll come out. They're going to roll them. They'll be amped up on the road. Other than that, I think we're going as a team in our next pick, too, just like we did last week when we tweeted it out. It's going to be a parlay, uh, another Sunday night parlay. So some football teams are going to go with the Cardinals money line to win the chargers money line to win and the new england patriots money line to win patriots are playing against the panthers chargers are playing against the eagles and the cardinals are playing against san fran again that's a parlay all money line of the cardinals the chargers and the patriots and the price on that you're going to be looking at it's good it is plus 386 around there so definitely you can throw a unit at that or even a half a unit and have a pretty good return But those are our bets of the week, and that kind of wraps things up for us here. I think we had a great time here recording episode two with you, Kevin. Can't wait to get it uh, planned on episode three. Hope you have a great week. And um, remember, we are brought to you guys in partnership with Inside the Rink. So give Inside the Rink a follow and check out all their content over there, as well as click on that Fanatics link and uh, give us a follow on Twitter too. Thank you. Kevin, any
1: last words? Yeah, if there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about, especially for the next episode, episode three. Just shoot us out on Twitter and we'd love to bring it up. And we'd love to hear your comments on your teams and everything too. It's just, it's fun when we have engagement with the fans. So let us know. You have our Twitter.
0: Most definitely. And I think we're going to start to get some guests on starting next week to talk, maybe give us some opposing views because Kevin and I agree on a lot of things. And at a certain point, that'll probably get boring. So hearing us argue with someone will probably be fun. So keep your ear out for that and thank you for listening.